Hello, and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts, uh, we're just a group of friends that want to talk about movies. Uh, it could be sci-fi, horror, uh, fantasy, you know, the, that type of stuff. Anyway, this is over Planet of the Apes, the 2001 remake by Tim Burton. And uh, we're going through a good amount of the movies right now. We did the 68 already. You can go check that out. Uh, where We did a bonus episode of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, this movie, and then we're going to start Rise and Dawn Up to War. Coming out soon, so subscribe to the podcast and you'll get to hear all those. Um, anyway, there are, of course, some major spoilers for Planet of the Apes 2001. I don't think any other major spoilers. Uh, and then minor spoilers for Alien Covenant. So, hope you enjoy the conversation. Brazilian butler? For real? Okay. Is it actually meant to... What left? <laughs> I was gonna say, if you want to work out for your butt, like I can, I can give you a workout for your butt. Oh, I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to four little. <laughs> uh, squats. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> anal sex. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a workout for you, but <laughs> take that any which way you like it. Uh, why is it always and butt you will stuff? like it? Why is it always butt <laughs> stuff? This is fascinating. All right. First pegging, now this. We're <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's gonna be a good night. Uh, All right. Can't wait to get to bestiality. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's really hot. Um, <laughs> it's, get, it's getting hot in here, guys. Is it getting? <laughs> 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 it's physically it's really, really hot. hot. <laughs> After uh, saying we're gonna get to the bestiality, <laughs> it's really hot. <laughs> really hot. Wait. Grab the peanut butter, guys. <laughs> What's a peanut butter guy? I said, grab the peanut butter, guys. Peter, uh, Peter uh, Pan. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was Seth's idea. <laughs> middle of the movie. Jokes. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. All right. Yeah, man. So, what did you watch this week, Everett? <laughs> not whatever you were watching, I guess. <laughs> I guess not. Um, no, Kendall was gone last weekend, so I took advantage of it. Watched the movies that I knew she wouldn't want to watch. Who's so watch? I finally got around to watching Escape to New York. What? I'd only seen Escape to L.A. Or, sorry, Escape from L.A. Yeah. Uh, Escape from New York. Finally watched that. It was kind of, uh, kind of, meh. I mean, like, it yeah. Okay. It's it's not the greatest thing. It's fun. Uh, But I like, I actually prefer L.A. more because it's so cheesy. And L.A. is top. much cheesier. Yeah, but It's uh, more my style. It's just, it's pretty, pretty slow. The soundtrack's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. John Comper- Carpenter's great. But uh, let's see. And then I watched a movie called Stretch, which is a very interesting. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's a limo driver in Hollywood. Okay. And he just has a terrible night. And you follow him on the night? You follow him through the night. You watched that without me? I did. It's uh, Patrick Wilson. 
It's mm. the right. Yeah, yeah, actor. yeah. Um, he's the star, hmm. and he's this limo driver. It also has Ed Helms as a the ghost of a limo driver competitor. Interesting. As and has the most interesting role I've ever seen Chris Pine in. Like this movie, it was fun, but well worth the watch just simply for Chris Pine's acting. Was it on Netflix or where did you it is on Netflix? I'll have to check it out. Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's very fun. And then um, I watched Hellboy, and you've seen that. I realized when watching it, I've never watched it. Oh man, I've only seen the very ending because I knew about the keyhole thing, Uh and. I realized all my memories of Hellboy is just the second movie. Uh, the first film I would uh, I would put up there is one of my one of my favorites like of mm-hmm. all time. It's got that big adventure feel. Yeah, like it takes you places and it feels like a very uh, it rem- okay. It reminds me of Back to the Future, uh, especially Part Two. Right, mm-hmm. it's got that same kind of feeling like we are going places, we are moving, and it just feels the world feels so big. Yeah, well, I love that. Feeling. Del Toro is really good at that, and that movie, I think it just shows it. Yeah, all. yeah, but it's great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Now that I've seen it all the way through, um, and then me and Kendall went to see Baby Driver. Baby Driver. I saw you liked that. Yep, he's done it again. Edgar Wright. It's better. Awesome. Than... Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Edgar Wright film besides Pilgrim? Okay. Besides that, I've. I've actually not watched all of his, uh, what do you call it? Do they call it a trilogy? Yeah, the Blood though, and Ice Cream trilogy uh, or the Three Flavors of Cornet. I've only seen Cornado, part whatever. of Shaun of the Dead. Oh, really? I haven't seen all of it, and I didn't see the other two. I really enjoy Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaun of the Dead's fun first time through, but Hot Fuzz is like to me where it's at and i like horror more than i do action mm-hmm. but hot fuzz is something special of it's course if we can include writing like Ant-Man. not directing ant-man's my yeah. favorite of all time but right. but baby driver is definitely up there I'd yeah. s- it could compete with uh scott pilgrim for me but scott pilgrim is just such a good f- a feel-good movie it is and so i can like watch it anytime if i wanted mm-hmm. can't do that uh, with baby driver not, yeah not with baby driver it's got definitely the frustrating villain sto- feel oh like. right um but very very fun movie okay and great soundtrack yeah mm. which uh, you can't get on pandora it's probably on spotify download on amazon so i don't know what's going on there i was gonna listen to it the other day and i was like what the hell hmm. not on pandora what about you kendall watch anything no only Mm-mm. dumb stuff nothing for you mm-hmm uh, so I watched Finished Game of Thrones again. Ooh, uh, again. A second time through. Okay. All the way. Getting ready for the next season. Now, yeah. uh, this is a question: Are you going to do anything with our we? So all of us watch Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Are you going to do anything with that? I'm going to post it tomorrow. You are? Okay. I wasn't sure. So there'll there'll be that. Uh, so we I watched that with you guys. Uh, I watched. Okay. I love anthology horror films, like because I grew up on like Twilight Zone, like that's. Right one of my favorite things and i heard for the longest time there was this really awesome uh anthology made but it was it was on tv um and it was very hard to get very hard to see and it was called trilogy of terror and it had one actress play the lead role in every short which is really and it reused other actors which is really weird for an anthology film but it was karen black it's made in the 70s 
it was terrible. Like I had all this like I wanted to wa- I wanted to love it, but like the first the first one is probably the most interesting. It's kind of a modern succubus tell. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, the second one is like uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde rip off but done really 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 slow slow like that takes up the majority of the runtime and it's 72 minutes roughly and it felt like it felt like that middle segment was an hour and a half really slow and the last one involves a silly wooden doll uh that's poorly it's not even animated it's just like it's just like your uh your guy over there your your uh benedict Arnold or whatever that is. Uh, no, uh, Napoleon. It's sorry. Napoleon. Good it's just God, <laughs> Matt. Respect the man. Right. I'm sorry. So, you can't talk Mr. Fall Asleep in the Fifth Element. So it's like Napoleon. Ooh. Bonaparte is more important than it's, the Fifth Element. It's like Napoleon. I don't think and you they your dirty, dirty mouth. They just don't. Like, it's a still statue, and they move it around to try and make it look like it's doing things, but it does It does not, and it's uh, it's pretty, pretty bad. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm sorry about that. And Sorry, then, I, but I did watch. Dreams some, were crushed. Yeah, I mean, I I really did look forward to it, but uh, and it finally got added to. I think it was Amazon that I watched it on, but it's bad. But something else I did watch that was good um, that you might enjoy. Have you ever heard of a film? It's one of the worst films ever made, called The Creeping Terror. Like it's like Ed Wood level bad. I don't know if I've just heard of it or have you posted it on Instagram mm-hmm. or anything? No, then I I've haven't. probably heard of it. So there's so it's a documentary about the man who made that. Uh, he went by many names, the most famous of which was Vic Savage, and uh, it's all about him and how he kind of conned everybody to make this movie. And he was just a really horrible human being. Uh, it's told with like I don't know I I don't know how to relate it to modern day things, but it's kind of like uh, unsolved mysteries where they would do like dramatizations of different things. Right. So it's got really vivid graphic dramatizations, and then it go- of the making of the film and all the other things going on, and then it got- has like interview talking head segments. Uh, it was really good. It was really really good. And Synapse is putting it out on Blu-ray with uh, with the creeping terror included on it. So if you've never seen the film and you want to see a film about a really terrible looking, it's like a poor poor man's blob. It looks like a tarp with like slinking slinkies hanging off of the face <laughs> and they're meant to be eyeballs oh it's bad it's real bad so art yeah <laughs> and that's it that's all i got this week um more than seth yeah more than Seth. true 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 but what i did get lost in is planet of the apes mm, i've seen that one the, the tim burton film oh Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about, you know, 1968. The good one. Charlton Heston. The good one? Charlton Heston. The good one. Good is subjective. Okay. I've so, seen it. I've, I, I think I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. You think you've seen it? I've seen the end of this movie, and that was it. That was it? I swear I had seen more of this because I was waiting for this movie to get really dark mm-hmm. and creepy. Yeah. I don't know what I saw that I, I was projecting yeah. onto this. But it never got there until the end with Abraham Lincoln. It's the only scene I'd ever seen of this movie, and it was on TV. Maybe, I think my dad was watching it, and I came in and saw the very end of the movie. Seth, had you seen this movie? No. Kendall? Yeah, everyone's okay. seen this movie but Seth. Okay. But me. Did you like it when you saw it? Right now? No, then, when you I first mean, saw yeah. it. Yeah. It's much better. I, mean, <laughs> I don't like old movies. Right, yeah. That we're, scene was we're learning enough to me for me to not not look forward to this movie. 
Yeah. Well, uh, so my history with this uh, with this film is so this was made in 2001. Right. Around 1999, 2000 is whenever. Uh, uh, yeah, probably probably 1999 is uh, whenever my f- my household got a home computer. And I, at that young age, I was already really into movies, right? And this is one of the first films I can remember tracking its development on websites. Like, there was only a handful of movie websites. One of them was uh, comingsoon.net. And I remember tracking this and reading all the things that was going on. And it was so, so interesting and so cool to me. And I thought, I didn't realize how long this thing had been going on. But I have quite, I have a history lesson for you said now is this because Ooh. based simply on a fandom of tim burton because you weren't interested in the original movie no right? i was uh it was it was more just like i was interested in every bit of movie knowledge i could get a hold of at this age but okay. this one kept stopping and starting okay like when i first heard of this movie and we'll talk talk about it arnold schwarzenegger was going to star in this film and that was so the thing that better. i first like I read that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger chose uh, Planet of the Apes over doing Predator 3 in 1998. Hmm. Right around there. And that was like, so that caught my attention. I was like, oh, so this movie must be good. Like, I didn't care for the old one, but I was like, it's a remake. You know, it could be good. So let me tell you a story, but let me start you off with two quotes. And one of them comes directly from the producer of this film, Don Murphy. And he says, I thought it was going to be fantastic like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, the movie they actually made was a bad Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, okay. So I found that, and I thought that was interesting. And then this comes from um, the author of Tales from Development Hell, and it says, An infinite number of monkeys with typewriters could hardly concoct a movie, a more, yeah, a more bizarre story than the evolution of Tim Burton's reimagining, and that's in quotes, of Planet of the Apes. And that comes from David Hughes. Ooh. So... Here we go. 1988. Before most of us in this room. Actually, technically before all of us were born in this yeah. room. Technically. Technically. Literally. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> it, it missed me by a few days. A <laughs> uh, 21-year-old filmmaker named Adam Rifkin made a low-budget teen comedy called Never on a Tuesday. Fox was so impressed. But we're going up on a Tuesday. Huh? Going up. Going on up. On a Tuesday. Ah. That, that's for all the people who uh, are hip. kept up. Are not hip. Everett. Yeah. Hip people. Everett's never understood that. Fox, Fox was so impressed with the director, they gave him a meeting to pitch whatever he wanted. And he pitched a story to bring back the apes. And he did so by describing his vision as a trailer. Uh, his goal was to be Aliens a film that captured the feel of the original but was a visual spectacle spectacle to behold. Fox liked the pitch but didn't want a remake as the director had in mind. Instead, they wanted an alternative sequel to the original film. So they commissioned Rifkin to write a treatment. Alternative being retconning the other four? Yeah. So pretend that, yeah, Beneath and so on did not happen. Uh, his film would open with the final scene of the first film with Heston screaming at the Statue of Liberty, then fade to black, and a title card would appear that read, 300 years later. Ooh, um, I'm interested. The ape technology would be as big, if not bigger, 
than Rod Serling had in mind when he was writing the original film. This was meant to be the Roman Empire era of the apes. A descendant of Heston's character would be the protagonist and would fight to free not only humans uh, from the control of apes, but chimps too, who were now officially deemed as lesser beings. Um, because This all happened because the gorillas murdered all the orangutans and took over all sides of the government. Wow. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah, so actually, yeah, it does sound interesting. I'm curious the only way how this would work. You'd have to have a lot of exposition in there. I, yeah. Um, Maybe somebody at the beginning telling you about all that and the spice. <laughs> a reference to Dune because they do that in Dune. Oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. Um, Fox loved the script and only asked to be trimmed by five to ten ba- pages for budget reasons. Uh, Fox brought on uh, the Academy Award, win- Award winner Rick Baker, who did the makeup effects for An American Werewolf in London, uh, Star Wars, oh. and the Michael Jackson video thriller to redesign and update The Apes. At this time in 1988, Danny Elfman was hired for the score, and it was down to either Tom Cruise or Charlie Sheen to play the descendant of Taylor in the lead role. <laughs> oh my God! Right? Love okay. That oh no! You know, it, Charlie it keeps... Sheen of Hot Hot Shots. <laughs> uh, right. Hot Shot Part Do. Yeah. D- d- what? How are you say that? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, um, I'm not French. <laughs> however, it was not. It was not to be. Fox surprisingly and abruptly changed studio heads. Craig Barmingotten who is championing this film as Fox's next big success, was replaced, and the new executive switched the project from active pre-production to active development, so a step backwards. These new studio heads wanted a happy ending and were seemingly hoping to market the film towards kids first, then adults. The script went through many, many rewrites. Uh, some Rifkin liked, some he hated, but Fox decided it wasn't the time for the apes to reemerge, and Rifkin went on to other projects. Fun fact, Rifkin's original script was a huge influence on the themes, ideas, and action scenes presented in 2000's Gladiator, starring Russell Crowe. Wow. So that film kind of got recycled. Love that movie. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was very interesting. I'm all about recycling, so. So jump forward in time to 1995. Don Murphy and Jane Hampshire enter the picture shortly after producing what many considered and still consider the most controversial film of the 1990s, Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. Mm. It was Murphy's idea to try to either do a remake or a sequel to The Planet of the Apes. His first call to Fox started with the suggestion of Sam Raimi, directing and then ended with the idea of Oliver Stone directing. Um, Sam Raimi was seen as too goofy and Mm. not on the ball to these producers. What (laughs) happened? Hamster recalls a conversation between Stone and Murphy to have gone something like this. And this is in quotes. So Oliver planet of the apes. What about it? Says Oliver. Do you like it? Um, sure, says Oliver. So if I could get us involved, you'd like that, huh? Huh? Sure, Don. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great way to get somebody on your movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They existed in the same office, so it was simple. It was easy just to walk walk right over (laughs) and just be like, hey, Oliver. Yeah. So a meeting with Fox was called, 
and Oliver Stone couldn't be less interested until halfway <laughs> through the meeting, he had a vision of time being circular and not linear. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm imagining this. Like, the meeting's going horribly. Oh, it went gr- super boring, and then all of a sudden he's like, holy, wait a minute. Pr- pretty much. So Let's the, fuck with time. How it, <laughs> how it went is all the everybody got there, right? And Oliver Sto- Stone is there, and Don is like, and, you know, like, Let's hear from Oliver. And Oliver's like, really, you guys are here because of Don. Let's hear from Don. Oh, God. And then it's Don trying to explain all these ideas. And then Sitting suddenly. Don profusely. <laughs> and then suddenly, suddenly Oliver has this idea and he just kind of wakes up and he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. So that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> Oliver Stone's idea it. was past versus future that. Inside the Bible was a numeric code that predicted all of history's major events and that it was put there by the apes. Fox loved (laughs) the idea and moved the film into active pre-production without having a finished script, director, or star. Oliver Stone and Terry Hayes worked together to come up with a script for what was to be known as Return of the Apes. Creative minds. There's such a... Such a wonder. Oh, they're oh, yeah. on drugs. <laughs> Oliver Stone, <laughs> heavy drugs. I don't know if you've seen much of his stuff, but it, like him doing a Planet of the Apes film just sounds like a really, really bad idea. And I mean, you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear his the yeah. whole pitch here. So here we go. Return of the Apes. Present day, a plague causes infants to be stillborn, and unless we find a cure within six months, there will be no more newborns. A geneticist named Will Robinson. Does that name ring a bell? Rem- Will Robinson? Kind of. But Lost in space. Like Kyle um. is probably like going, what the fuck? Okay, so <laughs> Will Robinson discovers the plague to have been embedded into human DNA one, exactly 102,000 years ago and has been a time bomb waiting to go off. Will invents a unique form of time travel that allows him to go back by using DNA. He arrives 102,000 years earlier to find paleolithic humans locked into a war for the future with highly evolved apes okay so i'm a right now i'm a very rich producer sitting in my office uh just going over popcorn movie flicks scripts coming in and you're right now pitching all these words to me I, I don't see this is going over well in the end. Oh of this no pitch. no 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 not so well. You're, just wait just wait. So locked into a war with uh, highly evolved apes. He is followed back by a pregnant colleague. Together they discover a little girl named Eve is the key to saving mankind. The apes are defeated and mankind is obviously saved. The film ends with Will building a model of the Statue of Liberty head to remember where they came from, as Will never worked out a way. To return to present day. It was meant to be open and closed, no sequel, no nothing. This is the story. Here's the thing. All were aboard with the story. And Philip Noyce, director of Patriot Games and Claire in Present Danger at the time, was hired to direct. And the star was to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Beautiful. I think that was the selling point. <laughs> uh, well, he didn't. He didn't actually hire on, uh, sign on until Noyce was involved. They went to Arnold first, and Arnold turned them away and said, "I only work with A-list directors." Um, oh wow! Because Oliver Stone was going to be executive producing this thing, he didn't want to direct it. So it fell apart when Hayes was fired for not including a quote man invaded invented baseball end quote scene. 
Noyce being a close friend of Hayes, uh, then walked away due to the arrogance and pre- uh, pettiness of Fox. Schwarzenegger remind, uh, remained. So Fox hustled back to the drawing board. Uh, fun fact, believe it or not, uh, you so you can find the script online. It's considered to be one of the top films never made. Most also believe that it is the only true, perfect first draft of any script. As... The script that was turned in was never changed. Huh. Yeah. That's for the the one that we just talked about. That was Return of the, Return of the Apes really? with the geneticist. Yeah. So. I'd need to read it a few times, probably. <laughs> it sounds interesting, uh, to say the least. So, back at the drawing board, Christopher Columbus of Home Alone and Gremlins fame was brought on. Who? He's, if I remember right, he did uh, one of the Harry Potter films. Did he? He not? did the first two. The first. Okay. Yeah. Um, was brought on along with the writer of Batman 1989, Sam Hamm. Their take, I always thought that was funny, uh, their take was to be kid-friendly and try to invoke the feeling of the animated series Return of the Planet of the Apes, which you can check out on Hulu. It's a very awkward TV show for kids. It reused the virus from Stone and Hayes' script, except it had an ape astronaut crashing on Earth, and the virus would be with him. The male and female lead would rebuild the ape spaceship and travel back to the ape homeworld to find a cure for the virus. After finding said cure, they would return to Earth, realizing they've been gone for 74 years and the apes have taken over. The end scene would feature an ape statue of liberty grinning straight at the viewer. Fox took too long debating if this was the way they wanted to take the franchise or not, so Christopher left, in part due due to his mother passing... Ham and Schwarzenegger, along with Danny Elfman still, were in 1990, about 1996 now, remained. So Danny Elfman has been attached since 1988. Wow. All right, we're still going. 1997, Desperate Fox asks Schwarzenegger to talk to his good friend who he had made multiple tentpole summer box office smashes with, James Cameron. Oh. Cameron was interested to write and produce. Uh, he even went as far as to have Stan, Stan Winston create and reimagine the ape makeup however after the success of titanic james cameron left the project stating that he had made films based on other properties before and now he felt he only wanted to make things he created at this point in his career hammond schwarzenegger followed leaving leaving only elfman attached the apes were back to square one fox attempted to bring on peter jackson michael bay and Roland Emmerich, who just had success with Independence Day to no success. Late 1999, after having success with Apollo 13, and this is hilarious, Apollo 13 and Castaway, Fox decides to hire the writer of those films to write another, quote, Man Stranded story. <laughs> that writer was William Broyles Jr., uh, he wasn't interested, uh, actually, until Fox said he could do whatever he wanted and that there was no producer attached to answer to only a release date of summer 2001. Broyles turned in a script for one film and an overview for the trilogy he had set up. Oh. The trilogy was called The Chronicles of Ashler. The first entry followed the basic plot of the 1968 original with an astronaut crash landing into a planet inhabited, inhabited by apes. However, this planet was not Earth this time around, and the villain wasn't a politician. It was General Thade, 
an anagram of death who was plotting the genocide of the human race. The script caught the attention of Richard D. Zanuck, and he signed on as producer. Then Tim Burton got word of the script. He wasn't interested in a remake or sequel, but after hearing all that went on in the script, he felt like it was a true reimagining, and that fascinated him. Even to sign uh, enough to sign on, Fox felt like they had just signed a deal for what was, in their minds, the movie and game-changer of the century. Burton, after spending a year to develop a failed Superman project, mostly due to budget and script concerns, it's called Superman Lives, and there's an excellent documentary about it you can find online, read over Broyles' script and realized to bring his script as it was on the page to life would cost over $300 million. He knew Fox would either try to seize control of the project and cut out what they wanted, or he could discuss with Broyles about trimming things down or re-envisioning them. Burton also felt the script was a bit too heady for most moviegoers, so some of the time travel and moral questions the script proposed were toned down or eliminated completely. Mm, that's what happened. <laughs> to help make sure the film stayed within its $120 million budget and to help further polish the dialogue, Mark Rosenthal and Lawrence Connor were brought on. Rick Baker was brought back from the initial his initial meeting uh, to do the makeup after Stan Winston left over budget concerns and creative differences. The entire production was rushed because Fox refused to move the movie release date. Filming was stressful, but most everyone made it through okay, uh, aside from a little bit of tension between uh, Tom Roth and Charlton Heston uh, over an NRA deal we might get into later. Um, editing and CGI work is another story. All CGI and the editing of the film, a process that at the time was typically given a minimum of one year, was given three months. On top of that, the studio demanded a twist ending, something that outdid not only the original film, but The Sixth Sense, which at the time was the biggest twist in cinema history, at least to the heads of Fox. Mm -hmm. Broyles came up with various ideas for an ending, and it was Fox who made the call on which to use. Elfman, the person attached to this project the longest, did the score which was also a painfully rushed process due to, the, due to only being able to see parts of the film at a time and often out of order. Which, for that, I feel like he did a really good job here. Um, because I can't imagine seeing a film all backwards and disjointed and having to come up with like, okay, what's, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, what's, going, what's really going on here? Um, Planet of the Apes released July 27, 2001 to mixed reactions. Most didn't seem to get the ending. However, it was a box office success, making over $350 million worldwide. However, due to the mixed reaction, Fox decided to shelve the trilogy and all further Apes projects until Rise of the Planet of the Apes years later. Right. So, about that ending, here's something. something An explanation, perhaps? Well, I can give you an explanation. Uh, But Tom Roth stated he didn't get the ending. Tim and Roth. If, uh, oh, t- is it Tim Roth? Yeah. yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, th- I wrote down Tom. Okay, Tim Roth stated he didn't get the ending. He, was, he had no Same. idea. <laughs> Same. Um, and if he knew he had a scene with Charlton Heston, he would have never signed on. This was uh, So 
Charlton Heston was the leader, I guess, of the NRA. Still is, or he he was the founder or something like that. Tim Roth is, I believe it or not, uh, more of like a peace protester. Okay? Like, you wouldn't get that from his performance in this at all. But yeah. He always plays the bad guy, which makes sense. You want to portray that type of character in that poor light. We'll talk about the ending. One of the proposed ideas for the ending, though, it brought back the eight baseball scene from the Hayes Noyce era. And uh, Leo Davidson would crash land at Yankee Stadium to find apes playing baseball with millions watching. Oh, my. He almost, that, that exec almost got his fucking ending or his scene. Um, so the ending, at, I'll tell you this. A lot of people didn't get it so much so that if you have the Blu-ray or the DVD, you can go on. And they have an explanation for it. Um, what happens is somewhere along the lines, Thade gets out and travels back through the same storm that Davidson does and gets to Earth many years later, earlier. I don't like the somehow of that, but okay, continue. My guess is that uh, it was his buddy, his friend or whatever, that suddenly kind of randomly turns on him at mm-hmm, the end. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I felt like that was very out of character. Like there was a scene missing there. Of him getting like, hey, wait a minute, like this is what like uh, uh, Ari or whatever, what was her name, Avi, Avi. I honestly don't know. I wrote I think it down. Ari's right, A R I, as I think is how it's spelled. Yeah, um, her telling him what was going on. There's a scene missing somewhere between I'm standing outside and walking in to find Thade behind the glass, or Thade with the gun, rather. Um, but yeah, so that's my idea is that he came back. And let him out, and he got back to Earth. Or maybe there was another ship in the ship because there was there were ship within the ship. Well, there were three pods. There were three pods, right? And only two of them had been used. Oh, well, it's just, it's just God. It's just you know, it's it's a fictional movie. It's a Mm sci-fi movie. But man, <clears throat> you really gotta. You really the sus, the suspended b- disbelief is so high in the air for that ending. It's the exact replica of our Earth, except with apes. Well, it's meant to be Earth, right? Yeah. 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 But that is yeah. our Washington D.C. except for one small difference, right? Um, and a fun story on that, uh, Tim Burton. So Kevin Smith, uh, he did a comic book, uh, it was called chasing dogma. And in it, Jay and silent Bob are traveling and they, there's like a cutaway or something with them walking up and seeing that apes have taken over the world. And there's an Abraham Lincoln ape, right? (laughs) And somebody mentioned to Tim Burton that he, that that was in in print before his movie ever came out because that happened in like 1999. This movie hmm. came out in 2001, and he's like, "That's absurd to think that I would ever read anything by that 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 fat man. What's his name? Tim Bur- or Kevin Smith? Like, go tell go tell him to go to hell. Like he he lost his shit. Like, and there's a funny story on uh, Kevin Smith's stand up, an evening with Kevin Smith, all about it. Um, hmm. So that was, I thought that was always interesting. And that's, that's when I watched this film, that's what I remember. I remember that Tim Burton lost his shit because somebody thought he stole it from Kevin Smith when he had nothing really to even do with the ending. Huh. 
<laughs> so maybe somebody did steal it from him. Maybe somebody did, yeah. Uh, Broyles, maybe. But he also, like you said, like he came up with multiple ideas for endings, and you can find them all online. I, I thought the baseball scene was funny enough to write down. but And when I first saw this film, I liked it. And uh, I had a different idea for the ending. I didn't think that they had traveled back. I didn't get that at all. Um, and I actually didn't even discover that was on the DVD until one day I was just flipping through it, just watching random shit on it. Because I, I love special features. Um, I assume he just somehow just changed the time and went back to the same place. That's See, that's kind of what I thought. I thought he did a U-turn. I thought he went through the storm, and instead of popping out at Earth, he actually... He went to a different time, yeah. Yeah, he went to a different time and went back to that exact planet he had just left. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. I would um, think that that makes I, more sense. I, I, well, no. It, it, it's very sense that it's way. It's very either. clearly Earth somehow. when he's going towards it, though. They yeah, have, I mean, it reads, the, it reads Earth the, on his the screen. The maps are yeah. look the exact same. That was my idea, was that he just did a U-turn. I know I didn't... Mm. I didn't re- realize it was like they had passed him by until that. And like, if you listen, I used to listen to DVD commentaries all the time. And Tim Burton's commentary on this is very, like, very stilted and just not, uh, <laughs> it's very sparse, rather. Right. And when the ending goes out, like, he just checks out completely. <laughs> he doesn't even have anything to offer, like, until the credits roll. He's like, well, that's that. Yeah. Um, and when asked if he wanted to make a sequel to Planet of the Apes, he said, I would rather jump out a window. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> he hated he hated the experience on this film. He doesn't hate the film per se, but he hated his experience. Hmm. Um, and kind of all the meddling, uh, I guess. You know. But I will tell you this film does not feel like Tim Burton. No, no. the only scene that feels like Tim Burton is whenever they come up out of the city and they come out of that weird head mouth thing. That kind of looks like that Tim Burton, look, yeah, but that. that's it. The rest of it could be any director. Right. Every of the directors. The, uh, the podcasts have been uh, making me feel a little weird about Fox <laughs> and their uh, decision making. <laughs> right. Fox. Oh, I'm so over Fox. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Was it Fox did. Fox did Fantastic Four, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Fan Four stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. All three of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, not the, not the, not the best. Not no the best and, movie. And I mean, like, uh, they did well. They did well with their X Men films. They started to get a little shaky there in the middle, but they did well with I those. I think they lucked out with those. I think they lucked out with those. I think they luck out on ninety nine percent of the things they get. It's uh. Yep. I mean, they did well with Alien and things like that because they let people take things over. And speaking of Alien, I have to I have to jump to the side for a moment and tell you guys about some a piece of news I I learned. Um, remember we were we were theorizing about what the next Alien film could be like. Does Everett want to know? We theorized we that it could yeah. be yeah with the, the engineer we, we and all that. Um, so David is going to end up on that colonal that colonized planet or the planet they were going to colonize rather. Um, and instead of just one more film, we may get two more films. And the ultimate goal is to show us what happened, how that ship lands on uh, LV-426. And there may be a de-aged Sigourney Weaver in the fourth one. Mm, whoa. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. I love Sigourney Weaver. I don't know. But, well, I no, mean, I'm probably not going to We're probably not going to include this, but I just... 
I don't see the point in connecting them. I don't understand why it can't just be a big open universe. Right. And with... I figured they were going to connect them. I thought well, that was the whole point of Prometheus so un- was to connect. Yeah, it's just so so unnecessary to me. That'd I thought Prometheus was a great sci-fi movie within the we'll wor- same world. It just yeah. happens to be... Just leave it up. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But so that sounds. I like it. I like the idea. I think I, I like the idea I'll of another film that connects and shows us like what happens with David and what, where, either where that ship's head. We know we see that ship with all the eggs, and we know where it's headed, or we even just see it crash land or something. Like, I kind of want that, but I don't need D. H. Sigourney Weaver or something like that. It'll mm-hmm. be fine if they uh, get the right people on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they made technology. Tony Stark look dang good. Well, I don't, in Civil I'm not War. afraid they're going to make it look bad. I oh, okay. Just, it's just unnecessary. unnecessary. Yeah. Just yeah. for attracting people like right. me. Attracting me. <laughs> but yeah, so we start this film, and I will tell you that the opening, the credits feel very epic and ominous, and I was, I was into it, and I was excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. I didn't care for it closing up on the gorilla nice. and him opening his eyes. Right, yeah, that kind of little, felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I like the music. The music was well, good. That's what we get first, and I like it. It had a lot of flavors from Batman 1989. I thought it seemed like kind of a, like a hat tip to the original because mm-hmm. it felt kind of more cinematic, much more cinematic mm-hmm. than the original, but it still had like jungly sounding yeah for sure instruments whenever i've been doing all my research i like i've been listening to the scores of the film we're talking about just to kind of like to really get an idea of the music um that score stands pretty well on its own like you could just i could just listen to it it's very pretty it's very interesting Mm -hmm. but yeah Uh, a lot of a lot of piano like piano work too that's not so present in the film itself how do you guys feel about mark Wahlberg? I actually liked him more in this movie than most movies I've seen him in. I like Marky Mark. I don't like him. Okay. I just don't like him. This was like his first, I mean, he did Boogie Nights, but this was kind of his first big summer blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him. I've always I've always thought he's okay or fine. He's a fine actor. Some things I like, some things I don't. He's he's fine in Transformers. No. He's, you haven't even watched it. I have. I've oh, you the saw one the one with him? I've seen like the one Mark. with him in it, yeah. I think that's the best one. I didn't like it. I know a, a lot of people, like, tear him apart for his acting, but I actually thought he fit the happening really well if you're watching it with the knowledge that it's Meant supposed to be, to a, be a B movie. Yeah, yeah. I liked him in he, that Because he yeah. does have that, like, older B movie actor feel in that. Right. He was good. In, he, was, he was actually great in Pain and Gain. Hmm. But I remember so many critics tearing him apart for this film. Or tearing this film apart because of him. I thought the idea of the the chimp at the beginning was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I kind of questioned how many times it took, how many takes it took to get the chimp to do what they wanted, because it was a very specific sequence, <laughs> and he had to do it twice in the film. Uh, there was this uh, who played that chimp, by the way. Did <laughs> we ever see him in the credits? Uh, I think his name is like Julian or something. Is he, mm. the name. He's not even top. Top Whoa. Bill, so. What? The savior of the movie? No. 
He's like the god. But I will tell you, no, that he's not. The standout of this film is, to me, anyways, is uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Um, who took her, me the entire movie to figure thing, out who the hell she was. I oh, never really? realized it was her. You didn't see the credits? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw oh. the name, didn't think about it. I was like, mm, who's that? And then I had to Google she it was, towards the end of the movie. And what then did, I was what did like, we call her? Oh. Ari? Ari. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean like, uh, what is this person? Then? Helena, but Tim Bonham. Burton's ex-wife. Helena Bonham Carter. Whoa. Bellatrix Lestrange. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was, but I was gonna say a second, a few minutes ago, or when you brought her up, uh, the only thing I didn't care for was her hair. Was I hated so two thousand one. It is very two thousand one. Huh. Kendall doesn't agree. I think it's your just hair looks dumb great. to complain about since it's a movie it from two thousand one. So, it was just so s- funny looking. It's so stuck in time is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> I thought I was cause, I guess because she's an ape. Or a chimpanzee. It's funny to see her with that haircut. <laughs> yeah, it was strange, and uh, I thought it was fine. It wasn't bad. I didn't know it was her though. So. So, something about her. Uh, initially, she was going to play an ape princess, who would be the love interest of Davidson, and would be pregnant when the film ended. Uh, this was obviously rejected, for bestiality yeah bestiality reasons uh, but Burton wanted it and tried to even just have it implied but of course Fox firmly said no and stood their ground on this one however as you watch this film it feels like there is this awkward not so subtle love triangle between Davidson Ari and the cave girl the the savage girl it's like what like, I didn't feel so much like a love triangle so much as um, so much tension. Ari and uh, what's the main characters? Leo. Leo Davis. Leo and Ari actually have chemistry, and the other girl's just there. <laughs> That's what and I kind of she's the right like. species. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, it's like, especially when they're at the campfire after they've gone through the river. Mm-hmm. There's just that scene, like, Ari and Davidson are talking, and then the, the the savage girl just storms off. Like, oh, I thought she had to pee. <laughs> that that would actually be a logical I she excuse. Had to poo. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. She, when you yeah, gotta go, weird. you gotta go. Yeah. He was like, want some food? She's like, oh, I got a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, so here, whenever I, whenever we decided we were doing this film, specifically this one, I asked people I knew, do you remember the Planet of the Apes from like 2001, like the remake of the Planet of the Apes? Hmm. And they did, and I, and I was like, well, what do you guys remember? And what I got was it was confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, Another mm-hmm. one said. Marky Mark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, another mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. said the costumes, mm-hmm. and another one said that guy Tim Burton directed it, right? Nobody really remembers this film, like I remember. Like they remember the for dinner. all the wrong reasons. And I mean Abraham Lincoln. I mean it was confusing. That, that makes good. sense. Abraham. Like I'll, I'll follow that one, but the rest of them don't make sense to me. The costumes though were weird and different, and I thought the idea to have the apes running on all fours as opposed to upright, was a cool choice to separate them from what had come before. I yeah. like their mannerisms, too. Well, their mannerisms was brought on by all the uh, ape actors mm. having to attend a six-week ape school mm. Mm. to make sure everybody moved correctly. Interesting. Um, and just like they're like, if you're an orangutan, then you are in the orangutan class, and gorilla, so on and so forth. And something I noticed this time around uh, that I didn't, 
I didn't know because I never really watched the first one so much was that, you know, in the first film, they have obvious separation of classes like Dr. Zayas looks down, yep. the orangutans look down on the chimps, and the gorillas are just the grunts. Mm-hmm. That's not present here at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. I thought that was... They had an interspecies marriage at the dinner table. They did. They did. And then they had that really awkward kind of gonna be a sex scene yeah. kind of I like <laughs> it. <laughs> that was weird. Which I just enjoyed it. ends up with the reveal of the strongest chandelier chain ever, ever made. Yeah. <laughs> ever, yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else feel like the apes in this film looked overly mean? Like they all looked really They mean. all looked really angry, yeah. 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 Well, they all were full of hate. But all of them, even even I mean, aside from Helena Bonham Carter's character of Ari, everybody looked angry. Even Paul Giamatti, who's like cracking jokes, looked angry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just It was yeah. I don't know. They didn't have the innocence of an ape. And of course, at the beginning of the movie, they tell the audience, "This isn't the apes you think you know." By reversing the classic line of oh "Get your paws god. off me, you damn yeah. dirty ape!" Oh my god! I was just I like, hated that. There was, was that, and there was another one that was later on. Uh, yeah, the oh, damn them, damn them all to hell! Yeah. Like it was so painful. That one wasn't as bad, but the other one, it was See, so early seen, in the movie. If you hadn't <laughs> right. seen the original, wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, but I mean, it's how you but Yeah, because it didn't make a difference. Ooh, it's, it, it didn't you, make a difference to me when I saw it. You shouldn't originally, pull so, your yeah. audience out of the movie that quick. Yeah. <laughs> you got to somehow tell them it's something they've never seen before. Yeah. I Man, guess. Oh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you guys remember any of the marketing? I know this was a long time ago. No, no not at all. So what I remember is all the I trailers had... See, that's 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, we were nine. Ten. Ten? Yeah. I, I will tell you that I remember the tagline of every trailer, or the, the tag at every, after the Planet of the Apes where it showed the title, the little bit, little, uh, little bitch. teaser or whatever, uh, had Fade jumping. When he was jumping all around and he goes to cut down that glass chandelier, he jumps towards the camera and then it screams, it says, bow your heads. Like, it's that line, uh. but with him jumping towards the camera and... Whenever that that line came up, that like my mind just like just went back in time to that moment. I was like, "Oh fuck, I remember that like that." <laughs> it was such an annoying thing because I mean, they, the marketing behind this film was huge, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously it had to be because it made you know it made three hundred and over three hundred fifty million dollars worldwide at a time when that was really rare for movies to make so much. Yeah, I mean, it didn't become common for movies to make over half a million or half a billion dollars until like the late aughts like 2006 2010 right that's when it became more common i found uh i don't know about you guys but i found fade incredibly awkwardly aggressive he was borderline pervert creepy he was so strange like especially whenever he's got he's having his niece pick out a uh, uh, human yeah, and he gets like right up in her face making weird sounds all over the other guy and then at the dinner table too it was just whoa dude yeah he was a little too much I think maybe yeah. we can say oh his father raised him that way I don't know Good his father fire. seemed pretty damn chill um, to me. he's also we also get the uh, part at the beginning with uh, Marky Mark 
explaining or no the girls saying if you confuse them it could make them violent yeah whatnot right uh, unpredictable or whatever she says yeah there, there was some foreshadowing of the but aggressive i did really like jim ross's performance yeah which we talked about on the incredible hulk podcast that he had originally been offered the role of severus snape mm. and right. he turned it down because right. he already had a commitment to For this hours. movie right I bet he regrets that. I I've heard him talk about it on a podcast, and he said he was, he's he knows Alan or knew Alan, and so he's like, I'm happy for him. So I don't think anyone could have cool. taken that role. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody could do it better than Alan. Um, no, I don't know. I I just Fade was the one thing in this movie that, after all this time, didn't work for me. Hmm. I I liked. I still like this movie it's okay it's not great it's not bad it's just okay yeah um but fate is the one thing i have such a problem with because i feel like he's dialed up to 11 he's in he's in like fucking rambo (laughs) and everybody else is little house on the prairie (laughs) okay like that's how it feel how it felt to me although that was pretty dark when our darwin we have our gorilla fight i'm like yeah gorilla fight and then he just crushes his chest yeah that was just yeah, heavy. You finally get that little, yeah, little bit. I thought it was gonna be a better fight than that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I wanted to see the older, the older ape, the general win. General, Kroll. Uh, yeah. was his name. General Kroll. Whoa. I caught that. Gross. K R U L L. Everett's favorite film. Wow, 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 wow. Not really my favorite, but I did have a lot of fun with the. We were talking about like the awkward sex thing. They were starting to get get mm-hmm. going. I did have fun with the chase that was going on at that time. You kind of saw all like the Scooby different, Doo. kind of. You saw all the different types mm-hmm. of like the like or rather sides of the ape culture. Like they're, it's just like human culture, really. Like actually, yeah, he says Scooby Doo, but with uh, Tim Burton here, it made me think of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I could totally see that. Um, this movie killed me. I can't believe you guys are talking about it for this long. <laughs> It's bad. You it's really a bad hated movie. it. You I didn't like it. it, really. That's interesting because I, I was, I was ready to just be bored. Not, not necessarily bored, but just like, ugh. Yeah. No, entire. we watched that. But movie. Actually, that was beneath. I actually, it's kind of. I mean, it's a little captivating. I was, I was yeah, I was. Oh, There's only a couple times out. where we all laughed, and <laughs> the rest was at least interesting enough that. We weren't dying. I think I preferred Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Oh, that. hell no. Really? No, at least no, that no, made no, me no, like no. laugh for no. me. And it was just weird. But this was just so, it, it, like, normalized it almost. To me, they're yeah. about See, the very point. Hollywood. They're about normal. level playing field because they both feel like, you said uh, the producer, whoever said bad Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, yeah, Don This Murphy. felt like, just like Beneath, a bad Star Trek episode to me. Uh, the okay. original series. All right. And, Wait, you uh, think that uh, Beneath felt like Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I agree. Yeah, well, that one looks like Star Trek too. But yeah, uh, it does. This just third season, the original series of Star Trek had so many bad episodes. <laughs> and, They're the best. Uh, this just felt like that. Yeah, and a lot I mean, Star I could Trek get along episode. with the like. I enjoyed the sci-fi element mm-hmm. at least, but and it, it kept me entertained. I probably won't ever watch it again, but. I probably won't either. I I don't know. It's just I I 
enjoyed the sci-fi. The music was good, and the makeup looked great. But it did, even under bright lights, that makeup looked fantastic. This is this movie has one of the biggest plot holes I have ever seen in my entire life of of film. What's that? Okay. He gets down on this planet, right? Right. Yeah. It takes his helmet off in the water and expects to breathe when he And hold on out. a minute. Hold on a minute. That helmet didn't have a fucking seal on it? No. He just put it on, like, and, and he's got gloves. his jacket. Yeah, he's not up. in I was suit. like, that does nothing for you if your spaceship opens up in space. <laughs> like, you're fucking dead, dude. Like. So when they're leaving, the chimp is going out uh-huh. of the ship, and then uh, they have to they have to send him out. And he tells him, okay, just do your... Do your He's telling him what to do yeah, step do, by do step. A, do, like, your, like do your steps and then return home. Right. And at this moment, early on in the film, I thought it. I was like, why are we in deep space with a space station with all this amazing technology? Amazing. But we cannot remote control this little pod with this chimpanzee in it. Right. But and we then can remote control the entire we space We can station remote control later. the entire space station. And yeah. then I realized, oh wait, it's because we have to have Mark Wahlberg push the story on. Really? I mean, that's it. That's it. They budget cut. <laughs> no, 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 budget cuts. Budget cuts. We couldn't afford the remote desktop or remote access uh, controls, so instead we got you 37 monkeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one's named and he'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. I did see that per- Pericles is uh was played by Jonah. Jonah. Okay. Jonah I thought it was Julian, but yeah, Jonah. Um, I will tell you when he got hurt at the end of the movie, man, that just breaks my heart. I was just like, I need so to go sad. home and cuddle my cat. Like, mm. it crawls back into his cage. Oh, he's so <laughs> sad. Like. It really was. So, was so sad. I was the like, only time I felt anything during this whole movie. <laughs> <You> big meanie. <laughs> the only Pretty time. Like, even when the old guy died, I thought it was just so bland. I thought it was so it's funny. It's supposed was so to be sad bland. at that point. You didn't like Rivendell? Uh, what? Where the apes lived. Nah. That's exactly what I thought of when when they have their dinner and then she goes out and sits on the porch and has a back out. And I'm like, oh, where are the elves? I'm curious whatever they did with that gun that he got from his dad. And his dad's name was Zeus. Did you oh, catch Zeus, that? Oh, Zeus. Uh, I saw that later on. Oh, on, the, on here. I didn't. Um, uh, I just assumed it. He just... Left it there because I figured he was going to go into war it with it. You know what I mean? Work. Like this is the uh, this is the this is the weapon of their destruction. I just imagine it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Maybe he could have thought it. What was the point of keeping that damn thing? To remember, to oh. but it was in a glass thing. Yeah, to keep it yeah, hidden. Yeah, they're going to the get another vase and put more it's sand only, in uh, that. Yeah. It's only his bloodline that knows about it. Right, right. Oh man, this movie. I am surprised that he waited till his death to tell his son about that. No shit. Like, he could have died while just randomly and yeah, nobody knows about it. In a horse crash or something. <laughs> horse crash. <laughs> Which, interesting, they didn't have any science um, whatsoever, and they had no real weapons, unlike the original film. I thought that was an interesting choice. 
Now, I went to go get a snack during this movie. Yeah. During our beach fight. How did they get the horses across the water? Across the river? Good question. They went around. Okay. What, what do you and, mean? And the, the heroes? Other... The heroes went through. They went they with swim. their horses? Yeah. yeah. The horses swim? Horses are horses great swim. swimmers. I don't know about great swimmers. That's the line he used. Their, their heads I, were up. I guess seahorses. Horses, ah, are really horses are okay swimmers. swimmers. And really, that's not super realistic, but it also wasn't that well, it can't deep, be, though. Yeah, so, I can't, it's not that deep, but hold on. Wait a minute. So the planet, and this is just my opinion, the planet caused the initial chimpanzees to evolve, the m- initial apes to evolve. Mm-hmm. Right. Why did we but not How evolve? did they we evolve on Earth? We don't know how they... Hold on a minute. No, they, he went no, back to Earth. No, they fade, are... Fade they invaded Earth. Earth. They have obviously. been enhanced... By us. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, they still somehow evolved further. It was a drastic evo- uh, evolution. Because they yeah. were probably Very just because they were out they crashed. In, in the world and not in a ship in cages. Maybe. I just felt like the planet had something to do with it. So if that was the case, then why uh, didn't the horses or anything else evolve? I didn't take it as that so much as they crash. And so they're having to rely on these uh, apes. Mm. So they had to teach them stuff and they just caught on fast right because they're but, enhanced but it, it was so there's no dogs yeah there's no dogs where are the yeah. dogs where are the cats yeah they had nothing how do you why i mean the whole they, planet they didn't was bring just... anything else yeah. no why are there horses then that is a good question yeah that is a very good the horses question. come from because it's another it, it's planet of the apes it's there has to be horses there has to be horses that is a good question where did the horses come from? Because it's Earth. It, it has to be Horses Earth. were actually no, it's, it's the not, only not, inhabitant. Like, they were the ones that were ruling the planet before, and then apes came along and took over them. I'm sorry, say that one more time. The horses, oh, the horses, horses were in control of the planet. Before. Okay, it was the planet of the horses. Yeah, planet of the horses, okay. and then all of a sudden it became planet of the apes. Right. And then n- now it's planet of the humans, or I, I don't know. Planet of the, track. yeah, I don't it know. looks like all the humans are dead because there's not a single human when he landed. Hold on. Kendall brings up a good point. Is there a reason for us to not think that it's Earth? Well, I can tell you that in the whenever uh, Broyles wrote the script, he wrote it to not be Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. So it's okay. it's meant to Still. be okay. not could Earth. be wrong. That's good. <laughs> You've been right. He only wrote <laughs> the damn movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's wrong. Uh, he was wrong by writing that damn movie. But I was thinking but when we hear the lady recording her message and evidently the apes come in and take over. Mm-hmm. Kill her. Kill her. I was thinking because Mark Wahlberg has to break all that stuff off the computer screen. I was like, oh, that's what was on there when the apes came in. Yeah. They were all chunking their poo at her. Yeah. And land on the computer screen. Probably, <laughs> probably, right. probably. That's what which. That's okay, we're sp- Kendall. We're, Kendall hates me for that joke. We're talking about the end of the uh, end of the film. <laughs> that <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the awkward mouth CGI that goes on at the end of the film, and then the awkward explosion. Mouth CGI, CGI fail <laughs> where it looks like all the apes are just random. <laughs> they look like cows or something. They don't even. That look. was so strange. What and then the they all just get CGI? up as if like you some know, of them do. Yeah, like, as if it, was it just looked a like all of them got up. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But it just the CGI looked so bad. Like it looked like photo, like flash bad. What mouth CGI? The mouth CGI. That anytime. Uh, uh, what was the, what was General Thade's buddy's name? 
I didn't notice anything. Michael Clark oh, Duncan's sorry. character. Yeah. Uh, uh, Colonel you mean Atar. The Atar. Yeah. Anytime oh, he would do that, like it looks so weird. I thought it looked good. I liked him a lot. I did. Michael Clark Duncan this was an excellent like actor in this world. Like is less without. Only him. really good part about Daredevil. I you know I like the director's cut of that film. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know he was he was a great kingpin. He was great in Green Mile. He's been great in many films. Mm. The Island, huh? But, but yeah, I uh, like the eight popcorn though. From why was the brand a cactus? The brand, yeah, the brand that they yeah, put on the humans. I think it's supposed oh. to be a letter. Yeah, it was. I I don't know what that, that was, was. No, that was a cactus. That was a traditional desert cactus. That did you, you guys did Did you see the? Or I guess this is a question for Seth and oh you, Everett. Did Ooh. you see uh, Thade putting that on Ari whenever she approached him in the tent? No, no, I mean, I th- kind of you you saw that coming. Wait, oh, saw that coming. Um, I saw it not going very well. See, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, okay, like because he was creeping on her earlier, like he still wanted her. It's like I still have feelings. For I you. thought he was gonna take her and like be like, okay, and well, then, he didn't really and then need just her and then, like, rape. Or, Tie her up or something, and then go kill the humans well, or try to kill the humans. He didn't need her anymore. He already got what he wanted. He did. So it didn't make sense. For what, like, why would he want her now? I guess you know? so I thought he really did want her. Oh, I, I mean, I thought, I thought he did she, too. He, she yeah. said that he's always wanted her since yeah. she was. I think it was because of her position, though. That's what she said, but that doesn't mean that's really why he didn't want her. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's hard to. It's hard to see him feeling anything he just seemed like your typical all the way bad guy oh yeah bad yeah he had gone over her too yeah. Yeah. yeah true yeah i don't know emotional power yeah he was strange yes he was yes he was strange now why didn't leo's landing gear come out when he came down on the planet like i think he's just a chimps? poor pilot because it happened pilot. twice uh, I guess, he yeah. said you landed better than me yeah, it's true. He did. He did. Because that was a There's terrible landing. There's probably a reason they didn't want him to fly that pod. He sucked. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, no, Leo. You've had 37 test crashes. We can't allow you to go one more. This is real. What do you think the plan? Like, okay. Planet of the Apes. What do you think the sequel would have been, and how do you think the humans factored into the world we entered into at the end of the film? Oh, I honestly do not care. <laughs> they extinct. They gone. Do you think they were extinct? So now they think he's an alien. I don't know. Yeah. I don't it's want. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. waste my brain. He killed them all. Fair enough. Same. Uh, At least you stayed awake. Somehow you stayed awake through this pile, and you I didn't had stay coffee. awake through. I had coffee. You know, honestly, I really wish we would have got that first draft with the yeah. se- the sequel. Yeah. three hundred I mean, years later, that sounded awesome. Yeah. At least I have Gladiator. Yeah. At least you have I Gladiator. Movie, so. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Kindle likes it too. It was a uh, yeah. I mean, okay. it's it's an interesting film. Maybe. I I'm really. St- I was really surprised they never made a sequel, even without Tim Burton. It would be, yeah. I mean, still made money. Yeah, because how many movies have gotten mixed or terrible reception, and we still get sequels? The Transformers films, the only one I think that might have a positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes is the first one. one. But yet we have five. Yeah, we have five total. How does that work? 
Um, Somebody's watching them, so. I don't know. Families. Um, what does this have? Uh, the- yeah, I saw it earlier. Uh, 45% critics, Not 27% terrible. audiences <laughs> enjoyed this. I uh, am. I am a... You are a 27%. I feel pretty good about this. Like, you know, typically I'll lean so- towards the movies that don't do so well, but I hated this movie and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. You hate yeah. You win 73% of people. Hell yeah. Uh, For once. This remake of Planet of the Apes can't compare to the original in some critics' minds, but the striking visuals and B-movie charms may win you over. May. Yeah, May. Right after April. Uh, <laughs> Stop. Don't move. Yeah. Well, well, well. It's a... Uh, it's something. It's something. I'll never watch it again, ever. But out of the whole thing, did you have a favorite scene? No. Oh. Not at all. Jeez. Wait. No. <laughs> 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 Not even our Charlton and Heston when he jumps cameo. In the water and then no. The girl. I'd rather just see him in the like. You know, watching this movie made me like the first one even more. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because I was like, this. I sucks. still, I still would put this. I, I don't know. I think I still probably like this more than the original and beneath. <laughs> this is my least favorite one so far. Yeah, I think same. Yeah. Interesting. I think it, it comparatively, I think both this and Beneath the Apes are bad movies. Oh yeah. But I like the sci-fi elements of Beneath more than the sci-fi elements but of Beneath this. Beneath just like just was so weird. It was mm. such a weird movie that like it, it had it's like something a, that stood out at least. It was definitely this weird. Movie, you like, know, it's like a David Lynch movie. Weird, you know. Speaking of David Lynch, the latest episode of Twin Peaks is just like a total like what the fuck did I just watch? And you'll like it. Kendall, you will absolutely, absolutely I hate already it. know I'm not gonna like the entire What, what episode series. are they on now? Uh they that was eight, so nine comes out this oh, week. Dang. Can't yeah. wait so long. Kendall, did you have a favorite scene? Well, I was saying it, but Seth wouldn't shut up. God, Seth! I don't remember talking. <laughs> <laughs> or this movie. Mine was when they were both in the water, and then all of a sudden, dead people! Oh, yeah. That actually kind of creeped me out. I yeah, know. it was a little, sh- little shocking. Yeah, it got me too. Tim was um, like, I want some dead things in there. <laughs> Please. Also, why was Chris Christopherson in there? Like he seemed like he was. Well, he was just off of Blade. In, like right? he was, he'd done Blade one and two, and and they were like, just keep the haircut and come on in. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Just keep the exact fucking look. <laughs> just put these clothes on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. He said, um, when he was being cast, he agreed immediately because uh, Tim Burton is a hero of his. Him uh, and he cute. has a uh, uh, eight kids. And he said, we've seen all <laughs> of his movies, Pee-wee to uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I thought he was going to say, I named one of I, I named all eight of them, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ed. This is <laughs> We call him Bert. Uh, if you line them all up, it spells out Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. M's my favorite. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, I was trying to think of what my favorite scene in this film was. Um, it's probably not really my favorite scene, but it's what I thought of when you said favorite scene. So I just said it. Probably, probably the heartbreaking scene. Probably okay. So Thade versus Davidson at the end, and 
uh, Copernicus trying to help out, and then oh. and then Davidson going over to check out on check on him as he crawls into his own cage. Like, it's like there's so, blood everywhere, and it, there's blood on his suit, and then he's just like. Okay. It was heartbreaking, and there I was you just go. like, "Take care of him." Yeah. yeah, my monkey that I went into space for, and then left behind. Yeah, yeah. and then I left to her. That that thing, if you paid attention, could hold two people. He's like, do I'm done with monkeys. Ha- do you remember Hashi and Kubo? Do you know who Hashi is? No. Isn't that the dad? No. Oh. That's Beetle. Um, I don't know, but uh, the guy who oh, played yeah, yeah. Uh, Kroll. Mortal Kombat. Him. Yeah, he's also oh, Shang Tsung. Yeah, Shang Mortal Kombat. I knew I recognized that's, him. That's where I can. Uh, yeah, every time he talks, it's, his inflection's always the same. Are they? And I, I think of Shang Tsung. I knew I recognized him. No. Well. Hashi. Who's Hashi? Hashi? How have we talked about this movie for this long? This movie. It's. Oh, man. Uh, what I'm really hoping is that I'm gonna like the uh, the other ones more than this one. Oh, definitely. Samezies. Well, I mean, I already know I love the new ones, but I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. you mean <laughs> conquest? And yeah. Blah blah blah. Battle. Oh, psh. battle. Oh, I'm war, good. Whatever. I don't even need to see them. Ugh, I don't oh feel wait, very good. I never said my favorite scene. What is no, it? God, guys, you're so inconsiderate. inconsiderate. I just can't imagine someone having a favorite scene. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I actually, I'm sure I do. Um, my favorite scene was is the Fox logo. The Fox logo at the beginning. <laughs> the title You're card so for Fox. Dumb. Yeah, there it is. It did look pretty pretty. <laughs> no, I was, Kindle was talking during that and I'm like, shh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the thing was off-centered in this movie. It looked Don't weird. hate. The fucking logo just felt like it was shifted to the left. It was beautiful. It was weird. Huh. It's probably supposed to be. Huh. Well. Meow. What was your favorite scene? He just he said. said. That was not his favorite scene. That was his favorite scene. It does not count. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, You know. You going to go on the Seth Seth train? Join. Hop Seth aboard. Train. Choo-choo. No favorite scene. I have really enjoyed seeing all those monkeys fly in the air. (laughs) 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 Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geeks in My Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to us on iTunes, your podcast app, and join us next week for Spider-Man. It should be coming out on Sunday, and then we'll have Rise of the Planet of the Apes on Wednesday, or so on. I didn't get this one out until Friday, when it was supposed to come out on Wednesday, so... Who knows with me. But if you subscribe, you won't have to worry about that. Uh, also find us online at facebook.com slash geeksandnomapod, twitter.com slash geeksandnomapod, and on Instagram at geeksandnoma, or our website geeksandnomapod.com. Go say hi and give us movies that you want us to go over. We will do it. See you next week. Bye. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo!